0: Ah, back home. It's time for the news from Back Home Magazine. This week's news is about making compost both from and for your garden. Each year, literally millions of tons of topsoil are lost to erosion and runoff into rivers and ultimately into the oceans. This loss of topsoil is directly related to the methods of agribusiness where acreage is tilled, turned, and left exposed to the winds and rains. It takes nature approximately 100 years to make one inch of true topsoil, and we're allowing it to be washed away at a far greater rate than it can be replenished. Fortunately, more and more home gardeners and farmers are learning that they can easily mimic the same topsoil-producing process that nature employs by making their own fertile, soil-enriching compost. The basics of good compost are the proper mix of green and dry plant materials, soil, oxygen, and moisture. All those green leaves, stalks, and non-edible parts of a crop are typically rich in nitrogen, in a prime addition to a compost pile. Many deciduous tree leaves are a great source of carbon, especially if raked and collected dry. Most table scraps, like eggshells or leftovers from cooking fruits and vegetables, can be added to a compost pile. However, meats, whether raw or cooked, don't do too well in a compost pile. Soil is added, because most soils contain the microorganisms that actually do the work of breaking down the organic matter. These microorganisms are called aerobic, because they require oxygen to live and multiply. This is why it's so important to regularly turn and aerate a compost pile, in addition to wanting the materials to be evenly distributed as they break down. If your soil is poor in the proper organisms, or you want a fast start to your compost pile, it's possible to add bioactivators, a granular mixture made from the concentrated bacteria. Once your compost gets started, regularly lifting and turning the pile with a garden fork is generally enough to keep the oxygen levels at the right point. Finally, the last critical component is enough moisture for the compost to keep working. In a summer where everything is pretty much bone dry, most compost piles will need some extra water. During rainy periods, it might be necessary to cover a pile just to keep it from getting waterlogged, because too much water will also bring the aerobic decomposition to a halt. Compost piles that develop a foul odor are nearly always lacking enough oxygen. As a result, anaerobic bacteria, ones that live in the absence of air, take over. One major byproduct of anaerobic bacteria is methane gas, and it's the methane and other byproducts that cause the odor. But a healthy compost pile has a sweet earthen smell, and the compost is a rich, black, crumbly, nutrient-laden fertilizer. The final results will take close to a year, but planning ahead is the sign of a good farmer and high-quality, made-in-your-garden organic fertilizer that doesn't cost a penny is a lot better than fossil fuel fertilizers that can get quite expensive. More information on composting is available from Back Home Magazine. Our phone number is 800-992-2546 or we're on the web at backhomemagazine.com. News from Back Home is produced in cooperation with WNCW, Spindale, North Carolina, with support from Air Check Incorporated on the web at radon.com. Back Home Magazine is published bi-monthly in North Carolina, south of Hendersonville, on West Blue Ridge Road, just east of the Old flat Rock. For all the folks back home, I'm Ryan Doyle. Thanks for listening.
1: And you are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Way. Wake up! Wake up. <laughs> and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to Your Community Spirit with Orda Energy Mon. And
2: this is Tree Song.
1: And those are our real names. Yes. Well, <laughs> yours is. So... We have a bunch of happenings. Yes.
2: Happening town, happening region, happening springtime.
1: And it is the spring membership drive.
2: Yes, the spring membership drive.
1: And guess what? If you validate our existence by giving money to your community spirit, people will quit asking you for money. Yeah. It's like, because basically that's how this membership drive is going to work. Yes. If you give enough money, we don't have to ask for any more money and we stop asking. And I like that.
2: Hmm. It's like yes, because our goal is to fund the uh, community radio station. So as soon as we've done that, you know, we'll continue with our regularly scheduled programming.
1: Which yeah, sometimes you don't want to listen to that either. But
2: <laughs> yeah, in the meantime, we have to toot our own horn a little bit so that you realize the importance of community radio.
1: Well, today, Friday, April twenty fifth, from three thirty until about seven or seven thirty. Today is Global Youth Service Day from the Art of Living Foundation. If you meet in front of the Student Center at 3.30 p.m., you can get a ride to the Shawnee National Forest Ranger Station in Murfreesboro. You can assist the Sierra Club outings chair, Bob Tyson, with managing Tyson's Canyon hiking area near Fountain Bluff. Activities including putting up trail markers, sawing and clearing fallen trees from the trails and creek, and filling in wet spots on the trail with river rock. And guess what? You actually get to go out in nature in springtime. Mm-hmm. Yes, in
2: springtime, one of the best times to be out there.
1: And you can fix it up so other people can go out into nature in springtime. Mm-hmm. Contact name and phone number is Betsy Herman at 618-549-5213 or just show up in front of the Student Center at the SIUC campus at 3.30 p.m. in order to get a ride.
2: All right, and another happening today. Um, oh, I, li- I like this one. King Corn, a feature documentary and discussion for Earth Month. They're having a series of uh, uh, films over at the Big Money IMC, 214 North Washington. This next one is coming up tonight at 7 p.m. It's called King Corn, and it's not only going to be the documentary, but it's also going to be a discussion. Uh, and it's going to be a discussion about the issues of local food, corn, where our food comes from, all that good stuff. So It's pretty exciting. Corn
1: is food. I thought it was used just for making fuel. <laughs>
2: well, I guess that's something that's up in the air right now. Are we gonna continue? up in the
1: air? <laughs> you say it pollutes. Uh,
2: Could be. Could
1: be. Huh? <laughs>
2: Depends on whether we eat it or whether we uh, burn it.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you eat too much, you might get yeah some pollution. Yeah. But if you tap in that pollution, you can power your car. Yes. <laughs> so, feel free to get gassy.
2: Yeah. So, if you want to learn more about this topic and see a documentary. And talk to other people about local foods and uh, related topics. That's happening tonight at 7 p.m. at 214 North Washington in Carbondale. I know I'll be there. Hopefully, we'll see you there.
1: And if you want more information about local foods, you can go to Eat Southern Illinois. Not actually eat it, but, you know, eat good food. Eat Southern EatsouthernIllinois.blogspot.com. Yes. And there's a very good blog there. Yeah, that's... Keep- it's got pictures, and it's got, well, stuff about food and eating in southern Illinois.
2: Yeah, that's a very good blog, and it's, they're the ones leading the discussion, so you can check that out to get some food for thought before coming to the documentary.
1: Did you just make a punny?
2: I think I did. I like yeah. to pontificate.
1: Pontificate. Mm-hmm. In case you didn't know, this is Earth Month. Somehow, someway, we have designated a month for the Earth. Well, as part of Earth Month... There will be an open house at the Town Square Market. Environmental Harmonies will educate consumers on how to save money by going green. And Dennis Connolly will be doing a solar oven cooking demo. It's like, well, my mom was doing that this morning. I had lunch. <laughs> 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 so she demonstrated how to bake potatoes. Yes. So With <laughs> garlic and greens. and Now I'm getting hungry again. And I just ate like 20 minutes ago some solar-cooked food. So,
2: Yeah, and coming up, we uh, have more happenings this weekend for uh, Earth Month. We have the Earth Stewardship Sunday. That's from the National Council of Churches. The theme is The Poverty of Global Climate Change. Everyone is invited to First Christian Church at 306 West Monroe. It's on the corner of South University and Monroe at 1030 a.m. They'll be talking about that.
1: And the Earth needs to rest sometimes, just like we uh, do.
2: Yes, rest, relaxation for Earth Month.
1: Yeah, so Center at 101 and 101 Yoga is having a spring open house. Sunday, April 27th from noon until t- 4 p.m. Please be their guest for mini yoga classes. You don't have to be small to get, take a mini yoga class. Yeah, the classes it's, are mini.
2: Yeah, the <laughs> classes
1: are mini, meaning, you know, not maxi. Okay. Uh-huh. Free chair massage. Bring your chair. They'll massage it. <laughs> Question and answer with our professional staff. Is there any other staff? <laughs> Reiki and life coaching demonstrations. Life coaching is important, yeah. Stories for children and unveiling of the new, new, brand new 101 t-shirt. Oh, yoga t-shirt. I yes. skipped the yoga part. <laughs> um, it's at 101 South Graham Avenue. Which is right near Walgreens.
2: Yes, right near Walgreens and Mundy's and the uh, um, the cemetery there. It's between the two parts of 13.
1: Yep. And so the biggest part exciting. of going green this weekend, though, is...
2: Ah, uh, yes, the Southern Illinois Irish Festival. And uh, this is such a happening weekend that, you know, we, we could have spent an entire show just explaining the happenings of the Irish Festival. But uh, luckily, there was an insert in the nightlife, uh, that explains a lot of these, but for those of you who may that's not a, that's
1: a real insert. There's oh, like yeah, that's, I don't know. I'd hardly even call it an
2: insert. It's an entire 20 other paper. pages. Yeah, <laughs> it's the it's it's like the Irish Times. The Irish <laughs> Times. It's like the Southern <laughs> Illinois Irish Festival program, and uh, we can mention just a few of the highlights here. You can check out that for more details. Um, you if you didn't catch it, you already they already had a uh, group called Mother Grove last night, but coming up tonight, there's a a uh, few musicians, Jimmy Crowley and Martin de Corgan and Sean Cleland and Jimmy Keene are playing. And then on Saturday, uh, Kathy Ryan Band, and those are both at Monksy McGuire's. And, oh, the Friday one and the Saturday one both start at 8 o'clock. And then, as usual, they have, the for the Irish Fest, they have the Celtic Fair. And that's coming up on the 26th and 27th. That's the Saturday and Sunday. On Saturday, it's running from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., and on Sunday, it's running from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Both of those are happening at Turley Park. That's on West Main Street in Carbondale. So that's it's always exciting. Like I like to. They have so many little booths and such. Some of them sell stuff. Some of them have information, and they've got music and performances in the main pavilions. So and there's
1: always jousting. Yeah,
2: yeah. There's. Let's see.
1: Is that what you call it when they get out there and have fun with like? Oh, yeah, the uh,
2: oh, where's what they officially call it? It's <laughs> the, like the, the medieval combat okay. society. So they have ancient athletics, magic storyteller, kids' activities, and cultural displays, and the Celtic mark- marketplace. <laughs> so it's pretty exciting stuff. You can uh, go online to www.silirishfest.org for more information on that.
1: Well, I want to remind you a couple of things that's going to happen next week so you can put them on your calendar. Next Friday, May 2nd, at 7 p.m. at the Big Muddy Independent Media Center, Mountaintop Removal, a feature documentary and discussion for Earth Month. And then next Sunday, May 4th, not this Sunday, but next Sunday, from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m., there will be an Israeli festival and fair in Carbondale Civic Center. So, this year they're aiming to having a very big event with lots of uh, booths, food, vendors, performances, and activities for the whole family. So, they're gonna, I don't think they're going to quite be up there with the Irish Festival, mm-hmm. but they're going to try.
2: Yes, it's going to be a very festive uh, springtime. <laughs>
1: okay. Is that all our happenings? If you would like your happenings to get on this happening show, because we happen to be the happening guys, this mm-hmm. is Ord Energy Mon.
2: And this is Tree Song,
1: And you can email me at info at yourcommunityspirit.org.
2: And you can email me at Treesong at Treesong.org.
1: And if you want it to get on the air, email us both.
2: Yes, just to be on the safe side. Yes, yeah,
1: because we like being safe. So, without money, power, or the right to vote, how do children and teenagers find a voice in society? Why should they care? International lecturer and environmental expert Chris Mazur can help give youth a voice in society. In his new book, Teaching Kids to Change the World, Search Institute Press, February 2008, Mazer and co-author Jennifer Griffin Wisner show parents, educators, and youth leaders how to help young people take an active role in their community and voice their needs. Describing how teaching youth how to think... Not what to think will empower young people to take an active role in their community. Again the book is Teaching Kids to Change the World, Lessons to Inspire Social Responsibility.
2: That's pretty exciting. Our children are our future. <laughs> I know that's such a seen by many as a cliche thing to say, but it's true. Which is why people keep saying it.
1: Well, I mean it's like why should we care? And so Give us a give us social responsibility and the the responsibility to care and guess what, <laughs> I think people are afraid the youth of the youth, they oh. don't want them empowered, you know, yeah. If you really think about it,
2: they're worried, they are worried, you know like that they're gonna be uh, old and then the young people will take over everything.
1: <laughs> it's like well, but maybe not so old, so,
2: <laughs> but uh, that's what's gonna happen. So we may as well uh, share ecological and social perspectives with the young.
1: So today's top story. Duh-da-da-da. We decided to just do a few top stories instead of reading lots of news articles so we can talk, because we like, you know, yeah. pontificating, hmm. is yes. that what you said?
2: Pontificating, mm. pontificating.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> so yes, we have this top uh, story. This
1: top story. <laughs> top story. <clears thigh>
2: <regulation> Excuse me. Interference and loathing in Washington,
1: D.C. Did you say interference and loathing?
2: Yes, interference and loathing (laughs) in Washington, D.C. Over 800 U.S. EPA scientists report political interference in their work, a survey says. Oh survey says interference with science. (laughs) So more than 800 U.S. EPA scientists reported some form of political interference in their work in the last five years. According to a survey of EPA staff by by the Union of Concerned Scientists, the UCS sent out some 5,500 questionnaires to EPA scientists and received some 1,580 responses. Over half of the respondents asserted that they experienced political meddling of one kind or another in their work. Those most likely to report interference in work. They worked in offices involved in writing, regulations, or conducting risk assessments. Industry groups and the White House Office of Management and Budget was cited repeatedly by the EPA scientists as sources of the pressure.
1: Pressure, pressure, (laughs) pressure.
2: (laughs) Yes, the pressure is (laughs) building. Representative Henry Waxman, chair of the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee, sent a letter to EPA head Stephen Johnson this week warning of uh, a hearing on the UCS survey results next month. Quote, These survey results suggest a pattern of ignoring and manipulating science in EPA's decision-making, Waxman wrote. He
1: wrote that?
2: Wow, he wrote that. I I could have told you that without the study, but uh, this backs it up with hard... Hard data.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, kind of you have to do that. The yeah. government doesn't rely on your opinion or my opinion. Yeah. They kind of, well, they don't even actually rely on studies either. <laughs> they kind of just rely on fiction sometimes. But, yeah. But if you've you know,
2: got a study, you can throw it at them and say, hey, pay attention to this.
1: <laughs> sometimes you won't want to throw it at them. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes you do throw it at them <laughs> in your mind, at least. Yeah. But.
2: So that's a lot. That's. Um, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of letting science do its thing. You know, I, I don't have 100% unerring faith in science. You know, sometimes scientists make mistakes or come up with theories that are
1: inaccurate or are biased socially or culturally. Do but you question authority? <laughs> I do
2: question authority.
1: I question everything.
2: But given the choice between, you know, the research of these these 1,580 scientists who responded versus some politician or some corporate person who has an interest in the results, (laughs) I think I'll go with the scientists on that one.
1: And uh, the source from this was the Washington Post and the Los Angeles Times, in case you thought we were making it up.
2: Yeah, we're not making this up. You could go check with the Washington Post.
1: So, today's tip every once in a while I like doing a tip like an environmental tip or just, you know, my opinion tip, just something to think about. Today's tip Don't top off your gas tank. When you may be tempted to add a little more gas to your car to round off your dollar sale, even at the risk of overflowing the tank, this is one instance when you really shouldn't go with the flow. Tapping off the gas tank isn't just uh, bad for the environment, according to the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. Hey, they're actually doing some studying.
2: Yeah, they're actually paying attention today.
1: The U.S. EPA... It's also determined it's also detrimental for your wallet because the gas nozzle automatically clicks off when your gas tank is actually full. Topping off can result in you paying for gasoline that is fed back into the station's tanks via the pump's vapor recovery system. They ah. have they have a thing there that sucks the vapors back into the tank. And so if you go to top off the tank, you're actually sucking that gas, well, <laughs> sometimes right back out of your tank which prevents gas vapors from escaping into the air and contributing to air pollution. In fact, topping off can even foul up the mechanism and cause not only a gas pump failure, but also potential air pollution problems. And another little trick is, fill your tank when it's cold. You will get, well, like 1% more gas, because, well... Anything, the hotter it gets, the less volume it has, or what is it? The more volume it has, but the less dense it is. Did I just sound like a scientist? Uh, I just made that all up. For a moment there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you actually fill up on gas when it's colder, you will get just a little bit more gas. I don't know how much more, but if you think about it, hmm. things liquid's more dense when it's cold. And if it's frozen, you won't get any. Hmm. No, gas doesn't freeze, does it?
2: hopefully not if (laughs) if it does you're in a lot of trouble (laughs) yeah so let's see in other news interest in renewing renewables renewed (laughs) say that again that's the interest in renewing renewables is renewed (laughs) boosts for renewable energy get another go around in the senate (laughs) wind and solar boosting folk are crossing their fingers that new senate legislation will succeed in extending renewable energy credits uh, that were set to expire at the end of 2008. The Clean Energy Tax Stimulus Act is framed as an economic boon. Quote, If both houses of Congress don't pass a bill and the President doesn't sign it into law soon, we'll start to see as much as $20 billion of anticipated investment in 2008 delayed or canceled and more than 100,000 jobs lost, warns co-sponsor Maria Uh, Cantwell, from Washington. Uh, The bill has bipartisan support, in large part because, unlike previous failed legislation, it would not seek to to fund clean energy incentives by removing tax credits for oil companies. So they're trying to fund it in other ways rather than by taking away the tax on the oil companies.
1: Well, I know this year a lot of solar is getting put in because, well, there's currently a 30% tax credit that's set to expire at the end of the year. And so, you know, a lot of solar is getting put in this year. But if they don't extend the tax credits, the industry has a, a potential to not collapse, but to stagnate.
2: Yes, to stagnate, to experience reduced growth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I personally don't like tax credits because I think they create a, fa- a false economy. Mm-hmm. Instead of giving a tax credit, which is, you know, money up front when you buy something, I think with renewable energy they should give you based on production. So like continuously give you money stretched over over 15 years or something like that to subsidize it instead of one big lump sum. And so therefore the system will be designed correctly and will be designed to produce for 15 years instead Mm. of, you know, here's the system put in and then we're done, we're gone.
2: Yeah, slap it in, cross our fingers, hope it works.
1: (laughs) All right. Condoms to preserve forests. The Brazilian government opened the first factory to produce condoms with latex from Amazon trees. These will be the first condoms to be produced with natural materials from seringueira trees. I guess that's how you pronounce it. This incentive will help preserve the Amazon by ensuring the sustainable exploration of the materials and will reduce the amount of imported condoms to the country, which are distributed freely to fight AIDS as part of a national campaign. The factory will produce 100 million condoms a year, creating income for 700 resident families who make latex from the natural forest material. The Natex, there you go, instead of latex.
2: Uh, Natex. The Mm. Natex
1: condoms are also 10% more cost effective to produce. Why haven't they made them before then? If they're cheaper to produce and they're sustainable, it's another product. There's a lot of products out there that people make and buy that aren't actually the cheapest way to make it
2: yeah wow. I'm glad at least they figured that out now um, and hundred million condoms sounds like a lot of fun for a lot of people
1: <laughs> <laughs> It's like um
2: including for the planet since they're going that route.
1: yeah they are sa- it's like, honey, this condom's saving the rainforest, please help me save the rainforest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I
2: need some help saving the planet
1: it's like, <laughs> so you too can buy some Natex condoms. And pass them out to all your friends, and say, "I am saving the rainforest." <laughs> Make love, save the rainforest.
2: Yes. <laughs> hey. I wonder if that'll be their motto. Maybe. Yeah. So. So it looks like we've actually uh, the clock on the wall has told me we're running out of time for our show today. Uh, but it's been it's been exciting. It's been. Action-packed and
1: informative, as usual. Well, I wanted to read the headline, at least, about that one. Yeah,
2: we got to at least get to the headline of this
1: one. Monopoly creates... is going green. (laughs) (laughs) It's like... Basically, now the the electric company on there is no longer producing its uh, energy from coal. It's (laughs) no longer going to be called the electric company. It's now going to be called...
2: (laughs) Wind energy and solar energy.
1: <laughs> look at that. Yep, there you go. I so. look I look forward to that. That sounds fun. See you again <laughs> next week. And remember, there's a chance to go out in the forest this weekend. Take a chance. Take a chance. Yes. It is <laughs> spring, and there's flowers blooming, and the trees are coming out.
2: Seize the day.
1: But there is squirrels, and those are scary.
2: So, Got to watch out for those wild and crazy squirrels.
1: Yep. See you again next week. Stay energized.